Welcome to episode seven of We Watch WandaVision. Thank you so much for joining the Westview Review Crew as we dissect every episode of the show that we can't get enough of, WandaVision. <sighs> this week is episode eight of the show itself, uh, titled previously on Very Apropos. And we are going to get into every single morsel of every single uh, reveal, rather, that this episode had. I am joined, of course, this week by my ever-present co-host, Pete. Keep it jersey. I'm disgusted. (laughs) I'm glad to be back after being gone for two weeks. And last but certainly not least, Jess with no kale. Hello. Such an improvement. Finally, just swooped in and replaced him. I (laughs) gradually worked my way in. We've been trying to do this for years. (laughs) It was Jess all along. It was Jess all along. It's just Jess now. Oh my God. We we knew this last week. (laughs) Oh my God. It was foreshadowing. I did let you know last week, and I've got this whole red light thing going on as well for our, (laughs) our video viewers. You can see that I have a red light on me. Scarlet Witch, much? Who's that witch? Oh, it's magic. just chaos magic. <laughs> Very nice. Very good. So before we dive into the conversation, I do want to let you guys know, if you're new to us, that the Comics Pals is typically a weekly show that drops every Monday where we discuss the news in comics and all of the things going on with the characters from comics that we love. Whether you love the movies or the TV shows or the comics themselves, We're talking about all of that every single week on our main podcast. We also do reviews uh, of the books. We review the movies. Everything you can think of, we talk about every every single week on the Comics Pals. So you can check that out wherever you get your podcast. While you're doing that, make sure that you leave us a review or a rating. You can write to us if you want to chat at thecomicspals at gmail.com. If you're on YouTube, do all the YouTube stuff. Like the video. Share with your friends. Drop us a comment. Subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you're made aware of when we drop content like this. We appreciate you if you do any of that because it's free to do and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. So let's dive right into the episode that is very much an info dump. Um, this episode sees the veneer fully broken down on the part of Agatha Harkness, uh, played by Catherine Hahn, who does a tremendous job all throughout this season, but particularly here in this episode as we learn her origin story, which is actually how the episode started off. So what did you guys think about the origin of Agatha Harkness and how we learned that she's actually a witch who's been alive for over 300 years? This was a weird Suspiria. <laughs> that was a that was a fun joke for the ten people that have seen Suspiria. I guess. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, like, is there more to that? Or just no? okay. We're just gonna drive right by that one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I uh, I I thought it was cool because, you know, we've. Obviously, like, Doctor Strange was our kind of inroad to magic in the MCU, and we've gotten a little bit of it here and there, but, like, you know, I think especially in the earlier phases, um, Marvel really, really made an effort to make things feel grounded and feel, like, a little bit more like the Ultimate Universe, where, like, 
you know, even Thor, right, which is a character super steeped in mythology. He's an alien, right? He's not magic. Um, well, so- I mean, he does have that line to Jane Foster where he says, like, your magic is my science. So I think they lay the groundwork for that. So I don't think it's sure. entirely fair to say that it, it's not there at all. But, yeah, you, you're right. They do try and keep it sort of reality centered. I think that's that's probably a better way to contextualize it right? or to, to put it where it is like there's magic, but they kind of like hand waved it to make to make it seem more normal, you know, mm-hmm. and this is very much a rejection of that. Right. Like th- this episode was very like magic, magic. Like we see a witch coven attacking a witch in Salem, Massachusetts, and then there's runes and, you know, like, oh, you were using this spell when you did this. And in this moment that we know this was this spell. And it's like very much like, hey, like this is magic-y ass magic. We're getting into it here. And that being such a different, it's still a fairly novel flavor in the MCU. Um, that felt really cool to me here, you know? Yeah, and I, I definitely like to know more about it. It was just a very thin slice of, you know, her life as a witch and mm-hmm. the and the coven and everything. So I think it was really cool. And it was a really way, a really good way to start the episode because it, it flips from, okay, Agatha's got um, Scarlet Witch in the basement and then we see Agatha's origin. I think that that was really clever and really cool. We see where that power comes from. Yeah, I I agree. I love how they kind of subvert your expectations because for me at least, when I saw Agatha, you know, um, you know, in this predicament, I thought, oh man, you know, these are like the Salem witch trials, and she's gonna be burned at the stake for being a woman or whatever. Um, and then it wasn't that; it was actually a, a group of her peers, or at least that's what you're supposed to believe, who just feel like she's too dangerous. And I really appreciated that because it was different, but it also gives you an idea of like how bad she theoretically really is, but also how powerful she really is. Uh, that even her mom feels like she needs to be taken out of the equation. Wasn't that like a line too, where, you know, uh, they're asking her to like defend herself. And at first she's pleading, you know, for like forgiveness or whatever. And then it gets to the point where she's like reading the room and she's like, yeah, well, the magic, you know, curtails around me, basically, because of how powerful I am. And she's right. Like, what happens? As soon as they all cast spells on her, she reverses it onto all of them and basically drains her life force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really cool visual effect. Yeah. Too. That was really, really nice. Yeah. I think they did a, a really great job presenting all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do have a, the voice of Kale speaking in my head for something about that scene. So I'll say what he said to me last night as we watched it. Um, he pointed out that the the crown on the the mother, the kind of magical blue light crown. He was like, "Oh, do you think they're gonna do that with Scarlet Witch's headdress thing to kind of update it a little bit and make it like a magicy crown?" And I thought that that was really cool. It'd be nice if they do that. So there we go. He's that's his voice. He's. <laughs> I think that that's actually very, uh, very likely because in this episode, they also introduce, well, they, they kind of don't talk about it, but you see it, the idea that there are different kinds of magic, different colors in magic. And so the coven, their magic is blue. Uh, Agatha's is purple and Scarlet Witches is red. Um, Doctor Strange is that's like he's a t- it's a totally different thing that he's working with, 
maybe I'm wrong, but I associate him more with green. I don't know he if is, that's it's green from the time stone, but the conjuring is orange. I literally okay. just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. D on my alphabetical watch there. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, I want to say you inspired me to start rewatching. Actually, I'm doing a chronological. I just watched Iron oh, Man nice. uh, this last. Coward. You are yeah, you're a better person than I am because this is so crazy. It's just so <laughs> out of order that I'm like, okay, sure, yeah, okay. But yeah, no. So his his colors are a bit different. But I also feel like his is a different, like you say, a whole different type of magic. Like his is very spirit of the world, which which I am assuming we're gonna get in multiverse. What is it? Multiverse of madness. That's yes. the second one. I see it. Mom. So I assume we're gonna get all of that coming. I think you're right, and I think he's probably going to. You know, it's kind of like a, a flip on the the first movie where he's kind of the one learning everything and being taught. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe in the second one, he's going to be responsible for teaching Wanda mm-hmm. how to kind of control and contain her powers. Yeah, that's 100% the vibe I got after this episode, just because yeah. <clears throat> a huge portion of the conversation between her and Agatha is her is Agatha just being like, how do you not know any of this? Like, how do you not right. know the rules of magic, but you're this fucking powerful? Yeah. And 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 speaking to that, I love the conversations between uh, Agatha and Wanda, which really is mostly just Agatha talking and, and Catherine Hahn just chewing she scenery. She stole but... the fucking show this yeah, episode. I love right. Catherine Hahn. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> she she really brought it. She did a tremendous job. And um, this this older wiser more experienced witch kind of sunning wanda who we think of as you know look she almost took down thanos you know she could have she would have um and here's agatha who's like ah you know you're you're a novice you know you're a scrub and what i think is cool about it too is very much like i got the impression that like you always talk about this sean and i never really thought about it until we started doing this together but like how you have to have a villain be able to like match the hero without punking them because it's like I think I fully believe that no like you know no in a vacuum right Wanda could easily fucking kill her but like she's smarter than her and she knows more than her and like that's always such a great foil for a character that is so powerful is just somebody who is quicker than them and more experienced she certainly went out of her way to you know, position herself in like the most strategically advantageous situation. Whether she kind of lured her into that room, there's all the uh, runes on the walls that you know render Wanda's magic completely uh, inept. She she she's been the chess master this entire time mm-hmm. from behind the scenes. Uh, you know, wearing the costumes and putting on the happy face until she had the right moment. And then think about it, right? She has the kids as insurance. Yes, she's got exactly. leverage. Yeah. yeah. All her ducks are in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Except then, vision. well, yeah. <laughs> but then, then the episode and the name of the episode previously on, you know, kind of really makes sense because we go down a trip down memory lane through um, Wanda's past, and it goes mm-hmm. all the way back to when she was a little girl, her and her brother, and her parents, uh, and just kind of watching television shows and we find out that you know it was in fact the case that uh she loves these shows she grew up on these shows and that's why that's where her mind went to 
when she ultimately created WandaVision mm-hmm. um, was because of that. Now, I'm going to be up front just straight away. I did not like this episode. This is the oh, first one that lost you? This is the first episode that I didn't like. And this is part of why. So I'm all in on the flashback. I have no issues with the idea that this is what she was watching when she was a little girl. That's fine. What I took umbrage with was the retcon of this episode. So in Age of Ultron, and Jess, you're you're closer to this maybe, so you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I just watched Age of Ultron myself. In Age of Ultron, they show that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are pinned down because, you know, there's this war going on and that they are they think they're going to die for two straight days because there's a Stark Industries bomb just sitting right next to them. In that scene, are they not – is it not Elizabeth Olsen and the other guy um, – Plays quick, yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Thank yes. You. Is it not them sitting there in that moment? Not some like young child actors. Uh, I actually don't remember that scene. I know that Wanda talks about it, but I don't remember the scene. Yeah, I I remember seeing the 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 bomb. So I'm 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 pretty confident that that scene is a scene from that movie. Um, if it isn't, she, she describes it in vivid detail about that's what mobilized her and Pietro because they were sitting there with the Stark logo, just waiting for Tony Stark to kill them for two days. Right. I, I don't remember the scene unless it's like an extended version that I didn't see. Or I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not remembering it. Or, or maybe like maybe it's framed in such a way that you're remembering it that way, Sean, because it is her as an adult then having the flashback, and they didn't show the kids or. So I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time. So I even if it is a retcon, is that what ruined the episode for you? Okay, so the the thing that I was that I was driving at was um say I'm right and the scene is this then there is an Age of Ultron scene that shows them in this situation um then that would be a retcon because they're kids in the in the in in this episode. Right. Right. Um, but there's another retcon. Well, before I even move on to the second retcon, I have to address <laughs> the fact that it makes no sense to me that her that their parents are just sitting there with them watching television while there's a literal war going on outside. That's not the same thing as like you know, you live in a crime-ridden neighborhood. You're talking about actual war where there's bombs going off. You're not just going to sit in your house and watch Dick Van Dyke. I um, have to jump in and disagree, Sean. Like, go for what it. do you what do you think people in like Gaza are doing? Like that, you see people tweeting that's like, "Oh, great, a bomb just went off outside. I guess I'll stop my episode now." Like. I don't think that you can dismiss that experience of people because you try and get some kind of normality in that situation. And, you know, you you wait and as late as you can to evacuate. And sometimes you have nowhere else to go. Like, it seems like, you know, the dad was selling black DVDs of English programs that presumably weren't allowed under what we assume is to be USSR state. So they wouldn't have been allowed that. So we can't imagine that he has much of a stable job if he has to do that 
which also means that they may not have any options to evacuate to somewhere else when the wars come and you just stay in your apartment and you hope that it doesn't come to you like I, I think you're, you're being quite dismissive of that experience, which obviously I don't have either. But I do think it is you try and get on as much as you can and you see Syrian refugees that say the same thing. It's just like you stay until you absolutely have no choice, until your house is destroyed around you and then you have to go. Well, first of all, I'm not trying to... Um that isn't my my uh life experience and if you're telling me that that's what it's like well all right um watching it happen in the show it didn't strike me right uh it struck me weird that they would just sit there and continue to watch when there's just death happening outside yeah um so you know i i think i think the tone that was intended it certainly wasn't like the USSR because they had DVDs. But I think the intended tone was just trying to give their kids, you know, some kind of escapism. Like, and that that's like the tone of whole, Wanda's whole life is trying to find something to escape into, right? And sitcoms are the, maybe the best example of all for someone to withdraw from the horrors of the real world. Yeah, I, I kind of got the vibe... Um... <clears throat> You know, just brought up the like the DVDs and they're selling them right, and they were like, "Oh, like this is like TV night," and like on TV night, like we just speak English. So like, I kind of got uh, the impression that um, they were in the they were making an effort to like save up money and get out of the country, but like the war is creeping closer and closer, and you're trying to like keep the kids from that, and you know, um, yeah, that 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 part didn't really strike me as being um, particularly off, but like. I definitely agree with you that this was the first episode where I kind of felt fatigued um, by it being more of like a let's go backwards and recap things and everything. And, you know, like the show has done that like kind of twice already. So Mm -hmm. it being the third time, I think I was a little bit less interested in that, especially given um, that we had such a major reveal at the end of the last episode. Like I was very much like, you know, okay, what what is going on with P, with this Pietro clone and Monica, and you know, like how how is this going to play out? Like, how is Monica going to come in and insert herself in the situation? And you know, for it to um, kind of like pause everything that we know is going to come to a head in the next episode to give us that backstory, um, it wasn't that I didn't want that. It's just at this point in the story. Uh, I felt frustrated. You know, it's like, I don't want to wait another week for resolution. I wanted resolution now. Yeah, I I agree with that. I feel like this should have been an episode near the middle, not the penultimate episode. Like, I feel like I, I still enjoyed it, but it was weird to take a complete pause from, like, even the previous retcon, not the retcon, the kind of flashback episodes were half and half. Yeah. So we get some story, but some progression. And all the only scenes that happen are the first scene and the last scene with Agatha. That's the only thing that happens in that current time. And I was a bit like, this isn't a penultimate episode to me. I feel like it needed to be further along. But then Agatha's reveal was a good time. Exactly. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they should have added a couple more episodes to this. Um, I'm with you there. 
to your point, Sean, about the the retconning, I didn't hate it. I think showing, you know, the Age of Ultron and the previous um, credits and credit scene from I don't even remember which one now, but that showed Hydra experiments was what give them the powers, and it was the stones. I think it was interesting that they were like, no, actually, those powers existed before that, and they just like her touching the stone changed her powers in some way i think that that was really interesting and i felt like a very comic book thing to do of like oh but actually it was all different from a that <laughs> through a flashback my god i can't speak tonight but so i didn't i didn't hate it but i i do yeah i don't know i i didn't i wasn't as thrilled by this one even though i'm happy to get more of wanda's backstory and yes i, I i've wanted that you know, for a very, lo- very long time. So I was happy, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I totally feel the exact same way that you did where it, it like, it wasn't that I hated this episode, but it like, I, I felt the frustration that I've seen other people express in this one. But like, I will say um, the more, the closer we got to the present day in her flashbacks, the more that they worked for me. Um, I, like, I had a moment where I like audibly I said to myself while I was watching it when there was the moment where she ends up at the house and the plot and everything. I was like, Jesus, like, I really just hope that she walks away from this with Vision and the kids or one or the other, like anything, because I I feel so much more connected to her character and her uh, struggle and, and the experiences that she's gone through and like how much has been taken away from her because of WandaVision. And, like, um, having that kind of culminate in the moment where we see everything really, you know, kick off, um, that scene worked for me really well, you know? And her, her performance worked for me really well um, because it's never that I didn't like her character, but I just never felt like she had much to do. She was established in a team film. She All of her development is kind of on the sidelines of other movies. Like, getting to really dig in on... on her experiences and how much they've affected her um, was something that was good for me as as a, a person who's finally like really gelling with this character. So um, when it comes to the the, the retcon, uh, which was as just stated, the idea that uh, Wanda already had powers. Um, that's really murky water because if they already had powers, then um, what are they, right? And that could be something that they're leaving on the table for later. Obviously, that could be, you know, they're mutants or whatever. Um, the way that the show presents the scene of the explosion and, you know, the, the bomb um, being there and them thinking that they're going to die. Um, that's definitely when, that's definitely when a person's mutant powers would, would, would mm-hmm. come into play. That's true. That's, that's how that would work in the comics. So that's fine. But the mind stone is what interacted with Scarlet Witch to kind of enhance her powers. And at least the way that the the show presents it in the moment, at least how I interpret it, was because her powers are 
similarly mental base, like the Mind Stone kind of honed in on that and and, and interacted with that. Yeah. Hmm. How does that explain Pietro? So that that is something I was gonna just say is I uh I don't know that it's making that same implication about Pietro. I think you're you're probably right that it will if that is where we're going, right? Like if they are gonna drive to oh, they're mutants actually. They they are mutants the whole time and that's it. Um I guess you could argue that maybe being the subject of experimentation was what triggered Pietro's mutant abilities. Um I think there's a way you can explain that. Um, that makes sense. Uh, but it was, it's funny because, like, when Agatha was saying that, I, I got the vibe that, like, oh, yeah, Wanda was magic and her powers would have dwindled, but the Mind Stone awakened them, as it were, right? And that if she had studied magic and all those things, like a normal witch, she could have become a witch, but she didn't know that and whatever and whatever, whatever, right? Um it wasn't until you just brought that up now where I was like, oh, right, what does that mean for Pietro? Um, and I could kind of see them taking it either way. I guess it depends on if they want to connect them to mutants retroactively now is the question. Well, they say that they, that everyone who had been experimented on before had died. So right. Pietro has to be special mutant like special yeah. to have survived it otherwise it's just like wow you're that lucky sure i mean i guess then yeah. couldn't that just be the explanation though that's perfectly fine but they didn't say anything so i'm just raising that subject yeah 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 sure 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 you're probably never gonna get any kind of resolution either i feel like they've moved on past that already you know i don't think so at all i think that whenever they decide they're going to introduce mutants if Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver will be mutants, they will use that. They will use the framework that exists to slot them into that. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it would be a thing where later on they're like, oh, remember when we said this? That's what it meant. And you're like, mutants, oh. Baby. <laughs> um, so then we get a little deeper and we see um, we see Scarlet Witch reacting to you know, being brought back and Vision just, you know, being dead um, and her wanting to see him again. And this was such a, this was, this was definitely a powerful bit of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, We see that she goes to sword headquarters. She wants to see vision. This scene is presented differently than the way that Hayward showed Yes. Uh, the security footage. He edited it a lot. <laughs> but as um, soon as she, so she, she asks really politely at the desk, and she waits around, you know, to to be let in. And then he says, "Oh, hold on, I've got to buzz you in." And she's like, "No, I got it." And she uses her power to open the door. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, well, there's some nice camera footage of her seemingly I breaking know. in." I went, "Oh, hey, would you do?" I was like, "What were, what were you thinking, Wanda?" <laughs> yep. Um. And then, like, that classic rip right out of the comics sequence of her seeing Vision broken apart like that, you know, that's that's right out of the comics. And that was very striking. I think they did a great job of, of rendering that uh, for this episode. Yeah, and, and again, just shout out to Elizabeth Olsen's acting performance. 
throughout this entire series, but again, like in these really like vulnerable moments, mm-hmm. um, that's where I've been most impressed. You know, it's like she she showed a lot of range in this series. Um, that mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like being a, a character in an ensemble film doesn't necessarily like afford you the same level of opportunity to show those things off. Yeah. Um, and I just I felt it. You know, like I felt the pain she was going through. Um, because I think it was just, it was communicated really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to think about the things that might be going through her head. One, you're seeing like this person you love, like ripped apart. That's inherently incredibly jarring, but like it also removes any shred of humanity because mm-hmm. it's, it's a robot on the table and the way like, they're talking about him. Right. He, uh, you know, he mentions that, you know, re-downloading him instead of like you know bringing him back to life or whatever. The he, language, he says, uh, "Oh, to bring their their soulmate back online." I'm sorry, I mean back to life. Right, yeah. and it's 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 ends that scene ends with like her going down and touching his head, and she doesn't feel anything because yeah. And I, I think it was really beautifully done because you feel for her so much when he's saying those things. You like the the gall of him, and she could snap him in half. Mm-hmm. easily and mm-hmm. she doesn't and she stays extremely controlled for what he's saying to her I think and the the reveal is that she doesn't take his body so what the fuck hey <laughs> it's and it's so it's hard not to empathize with her she just does a fantastic job and can you imagine if that happened to the person you love and you wake up and they're gone and then you find their body chopped up and then you, you have these dicks who are just saying, you know, well, it's just a robot. Ha, ha. And and the fact that they're like, oh, well, I'm sorry, I can't just let you take $3 billion worth of vibranium and go put it in the ground. And it's like, you know, like, and calls him a weapon and all these things. Like, he's a person, you know, like... It, it, the idea that like not only are you having to see your loved one autopsied, but that they're talking about like how they're gonna break him down to repurpose him into weapons and shit. You know, it's like well, it's a it's a very U.S. military thing, isn't it? it they yeah. are obviously a government organization, but the whole kind of discussion about from government officials around Wanda is well, she's not a U.S. citizen, so uh, I guess she doesn't get any protection from us. Like when. Tony Stark is talking about the um, the accords for more government control. He's like, this is this is because Wanda, like, we can't do anything because she's not a U.S. citizen. So they can do with it whatever they want with her. And I just think her whole like outsiderness is just so striking because they're afraid of her so much. They don't think of her the way they think of Captain America and Iron Man, like she is a threat more than anything and they just they treat her like yeah 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 right because that's that's a huge thing about her powers too um and that's something that they've kind of danced around is like she's extremely powerful but her powers are also like so much like like this right like she created a pocket reality like that's not a thing that the hulk can do right like the hulk is an uh, unstoppable killing machine but like it's a physical obstacle that is way easier to like wrap your head around and be like how do we stop the thing not like she's altered the fabric of reality what do we do with that she's imbibing people with superpowers what do we do with that she made life what do we do with that (laughs) 
Like, she's a legit god. She makes Thor look like a fucking dude who can punch hard, you know? Oh, God just comes along with his lightning. Here you go. <laughs> Scarlet Witch making a whole reality. <laughs> I birthed children with my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, think, I think Hayward is, you know, a douche. And I think that there's there may be more to the Hayward story than we yet know. Mm. Um, altering the footage, that was just wild. And that that strikes me as more villainous than just him being, you know, just just a regular, like, military dude who's just an ass, which every movie I feel like has. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like a step beyond that. But even if it's not, um, or assuming it's not, rather, I think that, you know, these are human beings dealing with problems that aren't human. And it's important in my mind to keep that in mind because, you know, Thor is one thing, right? And Iron Man's one thing. And, you know, Scarlet Witch is a different breed. Vision is a ro- a walking, talking robot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just so much at play with these characters. And one of the interesting things in my mind is always how the human governments and human citizens deal with and react to the fact that they have to share the world with you know, essentially gods. And it's something that the DC universe explores all the time. I love seeing that explored here through WandaVision. And I would love it if Hayward wasn't this, you know, villain guy who has his own agenda. If he was just a military guy who's way out of his depth and doesn't know what the hell to do or how to react to all of this. And he's just trying to keep stuff together. Um, but he doesn't know how. I, I hope that's, that's a lot what more it is. interesting than just he's a just just a villain. Yeah. Hey, can we can we talk about the final scene? Yeah. Sure. The the post credits scene? Yeah, let's sure. do it. That's because, that's the scene that makes him look like a real dick. Yeah, because he reanimates Ultron's body and he was like, Oh, we've took him apart and tried to turn him on so many times. All we needed is the source power. And because they have uh what is it, a car that was stuck in the, the shield bit of the bubble of the wonders world that now has that power imbued in it somehow which is used to turn vision on and it's like he was trying to do this the whole time it wasn't just you know that he was keeping anyone else from making a weapon he was trying to turn him back on himself and we wonder what nefarious purposes the sword is going to have for vision yeah so that was something that that was another thing that seemed weird because we know about project cataract and we know that hayward has been keeping tabs on the vision that's inside of wandavision right Mm -hmm. right that's inside the bubble so if that vision came organically out of wanda which is what the episode shows then how could he be tracking that specific vision the idea was that that was Vision's body, and he had implanted some type of um, tracking inside of Vision's body. But now we know that that's not the case. So I'm a little confused as to how that even makes sense. Yeah. I yeah, yeah I, I imagine we'll get an explanation of that because I was kind of thinking. I wonder if it's maybe because Vision is a computer um, that like his brain, like this version of him, comes online, and there's some interaction between it and his original body or some other. But his, his original body is not in. Westview, right, right, no, no, that's, that's what I'm saying is that the the one that we the white vision that we saw is the original body, 
and that the one that we saw in Westview is a vision that Wanda physically created, but that, like, it shares, you know, access to his, like, cloud memory or wherever his fucking mm-hmm. brain is because he's a computer, you know? Like, some weird thing like that. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if it's something like that, if it's some computer explanation. That's just, you know, me throwing something at the wall. Um, but something I thought was interesting was, you know, we've been talking a lot about, like, is Vision real? Uh, are the kids real? Why couldn't Vision exist outside of the bubble? Um, obviously, I think we have a semblance of an answer here. Uh, I was wondering if this might not be their way to bring him back. That it's going to be some kind of... Because that was, like, what happened with his original body in the comics, right? Where, like, the version of him gets split from his memories, and then he reacquires them, and then, like... Like, that was, like, a thing, right? Or maybe that's what happened with uh, Viv, and I'm thinking of that. Because she got turned into a human, and then she got her memories put back into a robot body, and it's, like, a whole thing. Um, But I'm wondering if there might not be some way for Wanda to take her vision and physically put him in this body so he can be alive again. Yeah, I, I, I thought a similar thing, that that might be the road that they're going down. My only thing is that um so in the comics wanda creates the children seemingly out of nothing but as it always is with magic you can't you you can't get something from nothing it has to come from somewhere so in the books they're like part of mephisto's soul or something like that that she um unintentionally imbues into these children that she creates so assuming that the that the show follows a similar logic which isn't too far out of out of reality for me uh i think she created vision specifically out of herself um and there was a moment that people actually pointed out that kind of like hints towards that uh you see in this episode that her dad wanda's dad puts her puts his hands over her eyes as and we interpret that as like a surprise thing like oh look you know I'm going to put my hands over your eyes. Now look and see what's there, that Mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, And that that was a Sokovian. They try to say that that was a Sokovian um, tradition, for lack of a better term. Well, Vision does that with Wanda in like the first or second episode. Uh And the idea is that Vision wouldn't know that that's what that is. The only way he could know is if he came from her. Now, of course, you mm-hmm. could also argue that maybe she showed it to him or she told him that that was a thing and that's why he knew to do it. But I think in the context of us seeing Vision literally come out of her, I think that makes more sense. Sure. Yeah. It's it's yeah. probably worth pointing out too, right, that like there's also the explanation that he's Vision and he has access to information and like the internet and everything. Like if he was with Wanda, maybe he looked up some of those traditions. Who's to say? Um, but... I mean... I, I, in that episode, I thought that was not literal, like a Sokovian tradition. It seemed like a goofy hijinks 50s thing where, you know, they didn't want their guests to see what was happening in the kitchen. And I feel like it's just kind of a coincidence that the dad in this episode put his hands over one of his eyes just to surprise her with the Dick Van Dyke set where it was hiding. Like, I don't I, 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 I feel like that's reading too much into it. 
Who knows? With this stuff, yeah, you never know. I thought I thought uh, this podcast was for that. um, (laughs) Reading too much into it. (laughs) Yeah, I do that every single week. Um, Yeah, so a lot a lot happened in this episode. I like I said, I I feel like it was very very info dumpy. It was it, it existed to get us up to speed on you know the stuff with Agatha, and then also the 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 sort of secrets that that Hayward's keeping, but primarily to take us on a trip down memory lane of Wanda's history as a character here and to kind of like align some things. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's fine. But this episode, I don't, I don't, I'm not fond of retcons in general. Um, and I, I just don't know about, I don't know. This episode definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and this was the first to do that. I, I I would like to point out some of the, the more really nice tender moments between Vision and um, Scarlet Witch too, because like the the scene when they're talking at Avengers headquarters and he can't fathom what grief is because he's never he's always been alone, so he doesn't understand that. And so he's trying to kind of talk to her about love and things. And he says that really beautiful line of like, well, oh. what's grief if not? Oh, I forgot the line. I think he says Enduring love surviving. Love or something. Yeah, love enduring. Love, yeah. Love, persevering. Love persevering. That was it. That was beautiful. And that was just very, very sweet. And also the fact that he bought her a plot of land to grow old in, which we see when she opens the note that he'd bought that for her and presumably for them. Right. And we assume that that's while they were trying to kind of steal moments together in Edinburgh and things and all the little trips that they were taking together post-Civil War when they were supposed to be on different sides. I just think it's it's really, really beautiful. And I think they've captured that love story really well. I think it didn't get enough time in the movies as neither of their roles really did. I think it, it's nice to see those kind of tender moments as well. And it, it amplifies her grief and that that awful thing that she's had to go through and keeps having to go through even through his body and everything. And I, I just think that was a really good way to tie it all together and to make it really emotional. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really enjoyed those more tender moments. And I think that culminating in you know, the, the, her going to the plot and everything, right? Like that felt so powerful for me just to like really see all of those different uh, losses that she's endured Mm -hmm. and how they're all related to family. Um, And then she's like, you know, like literally forced to stare down like the future they could have had, the life they could have had that Mm -hmm. is just not an option for her anymore again. You know, um, and she, especially seeing it, right? That like she was so closed off after losing her brother, and it was vision that a lot like she opened herself up to again and only to be hurt again, you know? Well, and Agatha points that out too. She's like, well, what, what are you going to do now that you don't have vision to put you back together again? Very, very interesting, I thought. Yeah, and and that's something that this show has done really well is put a spotlight on their relationship and, um, you know, really show why they're one of Marvel's premier couples. Um, 
and that's really been the the one of the emotional anchors of the MCU in a lot of ways uh, has been their relationship. And when it comes to you know love in the MCU, there aren't a ton of examples of different couples that are functional. So um, I really appreciate this show for that. Um, one thing we haven't brought up though is Agatha's confirmation that Pete was right. Uh, Pete mentioned that he thought that um, Pietro was not this version of Pietro or the version or, or Fox's Pietro, that it was something completely different than that. Maybe he was even a fake. And um, you were completely right, Pete. You called it. Yeah, I read that he was like some she was some kind of possession, you know, she's possessing somebody and acting as him. Right. And I, I even mentioned at the time, like, I don't think that that's true because he has powers. So how, so like I could see you maybe, you know, possessing a person, but the powers part was a little bit uh, right. over the top. They didn't even hazard to explain yeah, that. I didn't even just, mention that. I mean, yeah. my, my takeaway was like magic, you know, like she used a, some kind of spell. To make her- yeah, yeah, of course, but like the that that gets old so fast sure. that I'm already tired of it, you know. Um, and <laughs> and that's that's kind of the thing is like I don't want every single thing to just be well magic. Sure. Yeah, hand wave it away with just <laughs> the well, we did it through magic. Did did that bother you, Sean? I remember when uh, when Pietro showed up at the door. I I feel like you said like you really didn't want him to be anything other than like the Fox version of Quicksilver. Yeah. Um, and that, that goes into like, I guess ultimately what troubled me about this episode. Um, and then maybe about the finale, who knows? Um, I feel like a lot of this show was um, on the outset, right. was like, we want to tell a story about Wanda and vision, the sitcom angle, and mix it with like a House of M, a little bit of House of M, a little bit of Avengers Disassembled, a little bit of Vision Quest. All these things kind of mashed together, right? And that's super cool. Um, my problem is that I feel like they did things to get the audience to think that the show was something that it's not. Um, like including, like you could have used any actor. They wanted us to think about the Fox Marvel thing yeah. sure, at all. Sure, sure. And then and then it wasn't that. And that's fine, I guess. Like you can you can you know you can do that. But it bothers me because it makes it seem like there's more going on in the show than there actually is. And that kind of like outside of that in that moment that we got to have, right? For that for that one or two weeks where we didn't know the truth. Yeah. Outside of that, it's kind of kind of like a um I can't think of a, of the phrase I'm I'm looking for, but I kind of pulled the rug out from under you. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Um, you know, to turn for it to be that everything is a lot more ordinary than it sounds. Or it's a bait it, and switch. It, That's what it's, it's called. a bait and switch. There you sure. go. Boom. Sure, sure, Thank sure. you. That only works if you don't know if you're watching it in the moment, pretty much. Um, if you watch it after the fact, there's a chance you might already know that. And so, is it strong? No, it's not really strong, um, and that and that 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 kind of frustrates me about where this series is, where it's kind of seems like it's going. Agatha's the villain, right? 
We don't know if there's someone behind her. Maybe there is. But take the show at face value. Agatha is the villain. Eh. Um, you know, they're, the, the children and Vision, they're just spawns of Scarlet Witch. They're not from another... She didn't pluck them from the multiverse or anything like that. Eh. You, you, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Mm. Your expectations, uh, they have not met them. Like everything like you were kind of hoping for, they've underdelivered on that. And those aren't things that I created in my own mind because they did put Pietro in the yeah. show, right? Yeah. They did have those, um, those commercials that seemed to be alluding to various different things. And, and it all kind of ultimately turns out to be that nothing was about, nothing was alluding to anything. It's, 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 I don't know. It's, I, sorry, go ahead, Phil. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it just seems like ultimately these are nine episodes about starting from the fall of the Scarlet Witch to like the empowerment of the Scarlet Witch. And that's really what this is. It's just her finding her confidence and everything. Because in this episode, you know, Catherine Hahn is like, you were really susceptible to my magic because you wanted things to be so real and everything like that. You know, she used the analogy with the giant horseshoe fly or whatever and then turning into a bird, like how things like that are just susceptible to deception. Uh, it seems like, yeah, that, that's ultimately what all the story really is about is just Scarlet Witch really finding herself. And I don't even think that need, means that she needs to walk away with Vision or the kids because I don't think that's what this story is about. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you just said. I think for me, like the, the, the thing that you're touching on, Sean, like I, I'm not soured on the experience we've had the last eight weeks because some of those things didn't end up coming to fruition. Um, I think that was part of the fun, you know, um, was that it was like event television and that we were theory crafting and all that shit. Um, but I also don't know that all of it was for nothing. Like, I think a lot of the commercials and a lot of the stuff that we've seen and some of the theories that we threw out, I think they are things that will probably come to pass and that, like, they were teasing them now. They were giving us – they wanted us to think that – to get our thought there and then we'll now we're going to think oh well that wasn't what really happened and then later on some of the stuff ends up coming and being significant again and you're like oh look they did tease that in WandaVision or they did tease that in Spider-Man right and i think that is part of the machine too is that like some of this stuff could matter later some of it couldn't and like that's i think that's part of the whole journey for me um i i definitely share a lot of your frustrations but i think for me like my biggest takeaway from this episode is I just want to see the next one, you know? And if the next one is what I want it to be, then okay. I guess I got an info dump for that. Fine. Well, what do you want it to be? I want, I want it to be a satisfying culmination of these threads that we've established, right? Is that right now we're, we're in the stakes as I see them, right? Are right now Wanda and the kids are at the mercy of Agatha. We have this X factor of this new vision. We have our real, quote unquote, real vision. Um, and, and Monica, who are both uh, wild cards, but for the side of good. And it's that, that's all going to have to come to a head, right? And what the resolution of that is, I, I don't necessarily know what I want it to be. Like a happy ending for Wanda would be great. Um, that seems unlikely. <laughs> given her character um so for me it's just it's it's resolution right it's that all of those things end in a place where they feel satisfying or that i feel like oh i can't wait to see what happens next 
Um, that's what it needs to do. It needs to land the plane for me at this point. And I, I'm, I'm confident they can still do that. This, this episode didn't make me, uh, didn't shake my faith that a satisfying conclusion is possible. I agree with that. My, my faith that they can resolve this in a way that's satisfying and compelling and, you know, drives the story forward. I, I still believe in that. Um, but I th- I also feel like, you know, regardless of what happens outside of these nine episodes, within these nine episodes, there was a lot of there were a lot of things that um, the show did put in our minds. And so it can't it cannot be surprising that people will feel um, not betrayed. That's harsh, but like, you know, led in a, in, a, in a certain direction that they never intended on delivering on. Yeah. But don't you think that's just good, compelling TV? Like, we've spoke for an hour about it every week. Like, the idea of companies is to get you talking and to throw in these little threads that might be something that might not be something. Like, look at things like Lost and all the theories and stuff that they never resolved. I just think that's how media is these days. And if it gets you talking about it, that's what they like. And they like the clicks and they like people to be outraged about them and I, I'm not sure how much we can change that I think it's perfectly okay for you know them to like it but that certainly doesn't mean I have to yeah, yeah um, for sure. and a lot of people felt burned by Lost I personally didn't because that was a point of Lost <laughs> but feel lost um, <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> um, but this is the first time we're kind of experiencing that with Marvel Mm-hmm. In this way, right? Like Marvel has definitely done the bait and switch thing before. On the main show this week, we talked about the fact that, you know, Marvel showed us Thor missing his eye or Thor having both eyes in the trailer for, I believe it was Ragnarok. But then yeah. in, when you watch the movie, he's actually missing one. Um, and they've done certain things like that in the past with Thanos' glove. So it's not out of the realm of, of, of Marvel. But this is the first time where it's like in story, in you watching it that they're kind of giving you all these red herrings and throwing you off. And I'm not sure that that's the ride that I particularly want, but that's just me. Um, so with w- only one episode to go, I feel like we have to spend the last you know few minutes here that we have talking about what we think is going to happen. How is this whole thing going to resolve? I'm at the point where I don't, I don't know how I think it's going to resolve. I can see a few different ways how it resolves, and I'm at, I'm at the point where I don't really want to think about it anymore. Like, I don't want to guess. I don't want to set expectations for myself. I want to just go in and, and see what they have to show me um, because I've really enjoyed the ride this far along. This episode, a little shaky, but I was definitely more on just the side of the fence where frustrated, sure, um, out, not at all. So for me, like... Never said I was out. Yeah, I don't mean to speak for you. Um, I, I, I just am at a place where, like, just show me what you got. Okay. I think what's probably going to happen is they're going to send the living weapon in, and it's going to be traumatic for Wanda. Um, I think Vision will have to sacrifice himself because that's like been the whole thing with Darcy, right? Is like I had. To, sacrifice myself to save the world he's got to do it again Wanda's got to say goodbye again because it's like you know it's a it's like he's unnatural he can't exist in this world the way he is 
I don't think he's going to, you know, reanimate the body that is coming in or anything, which is possible. Like the vision could end up occupying the, his old body or whatever. Don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, I think Wanda will defeat Agatha Harkness in some way, but I also don't think she'll be able to take the kids out. Uh, I think she'll bring down the pocket reality and re-enter the world because she has to. She has to face. She has to face facts. She's not a real mom. She doesn't. Her, you know, her partner is dead. Her brother is dead. These like, there's no changing that. It is what it is, and it's her going to have to accept it. But she won't be traumatized by it. She'll be empowered by it. Her acceptance of these things are the things that will help her move on and be stronger for it. Mm. And there is a clear path forward for her now. She just has to find it. You know, what is her new path? What, what is her new cause? Maybe learn more about her magic. You know, maybe, uh, you know, there's been a lot of points made here that, you know, she's not really a fully realized witch, but she's learned at the end of this episode that she's like this mythical Scarlet Witch or whatever. You know, she's got things to do now. So I think that's kind of, I think, oh, and Hayward's going to be defeated too. Yeah, obviously. Not like personally maybe, but like, you know, his, his whatever his endeavors are. His plot will be thwarted. Yeah, he will be foiled. <laughs> he will be foiled. Sure. How about you, Jess? I'm... I, I completely see everything that Phil said is going to happen. Um, but I'm sort of with Pete on this one. I am just here to enjoy it. And I, I, they've thrown us so many things that I just want to see which ones they pick. Like, like you said, Sean, it's frustrating to not get everything. So I'm sort of just in the, in the, um, in the phase of just wanting to see what it is they choose and what they do with it. Um, in an ideal world, it would be really cool if, you know, she could keep her little bubble in just a house so that she's not hurting anybody else. She gets to keep that for a little bit. Maybe she can go back and forth and see the kids and vision and whatever, but obviously that's never going to happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right, Phil, that she has a purpose now. And it's, there is a lot to be said for that in grief and moving on from things is finding a new outlet for all of that. Yeah. I would I would be surprised. I'd be really surprised if they gave up uh, the kids and they gave up Paul Bettany by the end of this. Um, and obviously, the story won't be over, right? There, there is the continuation in Multiverse of Madness. We don't know what's going to happen there. Um, it's just hard for me to imagine that they don't want to keep Vision around in some capacity, mm-hmm. and certainly the kids, given all the mm-hmm. what appear to be the plans. Um, so in my eyes, this series will resolve with um, one or the other of those camps or both, I guess, Vision, the kids, return to her or with her needing to go on a journey to retrieve them mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. Um, because the kids are still in limbo, not literally in limbo, but they're, you know, they're, yeah. we don't know yeah. exactly how that how things are going to go with them. Um so yeah, I kind of think that, and obviously we have to resolve Monica Rambeau as Photon or whatever name they're going to give her. She was absent this episode. So there's still a lot to deal with, mm-hmm. and hopefully they can handle that in the 50 minutes that they have. Um, Reddit, A Reddit user suggested that this episode will be 50 minutes long. 
they actually got the last two episode links correct. Mm-hmm. So okay. if they're right again, we've got nearly an hour's worth of WandaVision ahead of us. Yeah, I think it needs to be a movie length right? to wrap up all the things they need to do. Um, what's what's next in um the MCU? It's um Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier. Winter Winter Falcon, are they calling it, or is that just an internet meme thing? Oh, that's, that's just a meme. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then not that. Um, but that's next, right? So I sort of wonder what they're gonna do to lead into that because these these things are all linked. Yeah. So and then it's Loki next right or is it yeah no you're right that's in june okay yeah um i'm wondering if dr strange might not make an appearance at the end Mm -hmm. to link it to multiverse rather than the next show Mm. i was thinking that too he's this whole deal is magic and there's a lot of magic going on i've come to barter with you wanda (laughs) (laughs) and that would make a lot of sense so paul bettany has said that there is a guest appearance that hasn't been spoiled yet that he's super excited about and this is an actor he's always wanted to work on screen with oh now, i thought it benedict come about then <laughs> right there was there were suggestions of al pacino at one point lots of names thrown around at this point i think the actor he's talking about is paul bettany oh, i think himself. that He's going to face <laughs> himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Holy shit. That would be really on brand for him. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. Um, and it, yeah, it's, yeah. He seems like the type of person that would say something like That's that. a very British joke. <laughs> it's very dry. Yeah. yeah. Yes. In keeping with trying to keep the fans off their toes and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. One real last quick thing. We didn't address the idea or, or the, the reality that um, – Agatha referred to Wanda as the Scarlet Witch is the first time she's yes. been referred to. It's not a nickname. It's not a moniker that she chose or anything. It's actually a sort of a, a, a title, like, like a, a cosmic a, being or something. Right. Um, how did you guys feel about that? It's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, the same way about all the costumes. I'm like, oh, yeah, there we go. Very nice. Yeah, it was like, okay, but cool. not more than that. Cool nod. It's like the subject of folklore in, in, in witches' covens, like this mythical Scarlet Witch, and Wanda is just that. I think that's pretty neat. I'm into it. I thought that was a brilliant turn. Like, it's a great way to take, you know, we, we're all attached to that name, right? Like, even on this podcast, you know, we, we call her Scarlet Witch often. Um, and so it's a great way to introduce that in a way that's not kind of like, um, ham-fisted, yeah, because that can often go that way. They did it in a way like how the, how the Fox movies would always try to introduce the idea of Phoenix into the into the the lexicon of, of verbiage, and it was always so lame. Yeah, here I feel like they found a great way to do it. Like like if the, if this had been like in that style, it would have been like her. Like she has a moment where she's like in the costume and she's like, <laughs> "Yes, I am the Scarlet Witch." <laughs> like you know, like so fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it could have been the Crimson Witch. (laughs) What's that, Jess? I was just saying it was really clever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it works. Oh, oh, before I forget, remember the the vision she sees when Mm -hmm. she looks into the Mind Stone? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that looks like the the, the whole body looks like it's Scarlet Witch in like a Scarlet Witch costume. Uh My question was, did you guys happen to notice that it looked like there was a person inside like the lower part of that that yes. visage yes what the hell is that about no fucking Ooh. idea super interested in what that means yeah 
got nothing for you right now, though. <laughs> I'm Me still neither. thinking about it. <laughs> stumped. Completely stumped. Yep. Um, but that's going to do it for us here on We Watch WandaVision. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our conversation. If you want to chime in with your thoughts and theories about the show as it's been and where it's going to resolve in the next episode, please do write in at the comicspals at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts there. Uh, you can join our Discord server as well, a link to which is in the description of this very episode. Lots of ways you can interact with us to chat about this show, of which we have been absolutely pleased to be able to come here and speak to you guys every single week. We're going to rock out for the next one, the last episode of WandaVision, and we watch WandaVision. Thank you so much for joining us. So from the Westview Review Crew, we say thank you, and we will see you next time. Take care, guys. Stay Jersey. Pete, you got to stop. <laughs>